than the Struce. Congratulations, you've made it. Hi, David Reinstein. I'm going to be reading Cultured Meat, a comparison of techno-economic analyses from the EA Forum, posted 24 September 2021, um, by Lynch and Neil Dulahan. 144 upvotes. Tags cultured meat, animal product alternatives, rethink priorities, economics. It's supposed to be a 33-minute read. I suspect it takes a lot longer than that. Quote, For cultured meat to move the needle on climate, a sequence of as-yet-unforeseen breakthroughs will still be necessary. We'll need to train cells to behave in ways that no cells have behaved before. We'll need to engineer bioreactors that defy widely accepted principles of chemistry and physics. We'll need to build an entirely new nutrient supply chain using sustainable agricultural practices, inventing forms of bulk amino acid that are cheap, practical, and safe. Investors will need to care less about money germs will have to more or less behave. It will be work worthy of many Nobel Prizes, certainly for science, possibly for peace. And this expensive, fragile, infinitely complex puzzle will need to come together in the next 10 years. On the other hand, none of that could happen. End quote. That is the takeaway from a new article by Joe Fassler, 2021, in The Counter, that draws heavily on two techno-economic analyses, TEA, of cultured meat, CE Delft 2021 and Humbird 2020. For full disclosure, we at Rethink Priorities were independently reviewing these TEAs, plus a third, by Risner et al. 2021, and in the process of writing a summary and comparison of them with our main takeaways. The article addresses many of the issues we also noticed and supplements them with interviews from industry experts. Here we want to acknowledge that they beat us to the punch somewhat, add a few relevant things we think the article left out from the comparison and what the next steps are in our project. The main cruxes of disagreement across the TEAs, again, techno-economic analyses, are bullet point, approach to the research question, investor payback timelines, food grade versus pharmaceutical grade bioreactors, the cost of media, costs of media, parentheses, growth factors and amino acids at scale, the cost of media at scale, the limits of cell engineering needed to reduce media consumption needs, end bullets. First, though, we provide our quick summaries of three of the three TEAs, so readers have a background before diving into the comparisons. As we are investigating a scientific question that sometimes hinges on deep technical expertise, 
which neither Neil nor I, this is Lynch speaking, have, we will likely have some errors in the summaries and especially personal takeaways. In addition, this report is less than thoroughly checked, is less thoroughly checked than usual for a rethink priorities reports. It should be viewed as our current tentative understanding of the existing literature rather than a final definitive summary of the existing literature. Too long didn't read. We reviewed three TEAs on cultured meat. Our summary is that Humbird, in caps, is very high quality and suggests cultured meat cost competitiveness is hard and needs everything to go right. C.E. Delft outlines some of what will need to go right, but doesn't provide much evidence that any of it is possible. Has internal validity errors and arguably has too much motivated reasoning. Risner et al. is decent within the narrow limits it sets itself, but too many details are under-specified for it to reflect the full costs and challenges of scaling up cultured meat. Reading the TEAs and doing surrounding research has turned Lynch from a cultured meat optimist to being broadly pessimistic. Neil wants to be more agnostic until further research from Rethink Priorities and others. End of TLDR. Our TEA summaries, as part of a project forecasting the potential for cost-competitive cultured meat to displace conventional meat, my colleague Neil and I investigated three TEAs estimating technical economic analyses, estimating the economic feasibility of cost-competitive cultured meat. $2.50, in parentheses, $2.50 to $8 per kilogram, akin to different estimates for existing wholesale meat prices. Quick note on terms. The studies we looked at, parentheses, and us, are only investigating cultured meat, in quotes. That is, animal cell-based meat of target conventional meats, usually beef. They do not investigate other technological alternatives to conventional meats, such as plant-based meats, with an asterisk after plant, plant-based meats, like Impossible Foods or Beyond Meats, fungi-based meats like corn or brain-dead, genetically happier chickens, no known products. In addition, the studies only look at the production side of one intermediate product, that of undifferentiated animal cell slurry, 70 to 77% water. They do not investigate the question of scaffolding, parentheses, converting cell slurry into structured meat products, e.g. steak or chicken wings, nor the marketing and consumer acceptance questions of whether consumers will wish to buy cultured meat if it's widely available and cheap. To give a quick sense of the difference between the TEAs, here are the range of prices estimated in the TEAs, given various assumptions. Though note the lowest estimates from Humber 2020 and Risner et al. 2020 are not regarded as realistic by the authors. Table. Price estimates explored in the TEAs, U.S. dollars per kilogram. Uh, Humbird 2020, 
the the rows are not clear, at least in the display on the reader I'm looking at. But the, the columns are Humber 2020, and I see numbers starting at 225 at most, $225 per kilogram, and uh, two, below that 236, it's a bit confusing here, that's not so it wasn't the highest, 236, 58, 36, 79, and $21. So these are price estimates of Humbert under various uh, assumptions. And I'm just navigating back to price competitive was seen as $250 to $8 per kilogram. Um, and I, I'm not going to read into what this is. Maybe he describes it later. Okay, so $225, $236, $36 something, $21 for Humbird. Risner, $2020. All right, we seem to be of a different order of magnitude here. $437,000, $57,200. 44500 and then the lowest, which was mentioned to regard it as not realistic, is $1.95. Final column, CE Delft. Um, that start, seems the highest one is twenty-two $1,707, $149, $116, $17, $8, $6.52, $5.74. Sense quite a range of numbers. Humbird 2020. Executive summary. Humbird 2020 presents a study funded by Open Philanthropy, which argues that a number of very difficult scientific and engineering problems need to be solved to get cultured meat to less than $25 per kilogram, the reference point of the more expensive end of plant-based meats. At least with production processes anywhere similar to known processes. Humbird models an ecosystem producing 100 kilotons per year of warm-blooded mammal cell mass. He believes that after a number of difficult engineering problems are solved to get viable cultured meat at scale, the cost of cultured meat is set by expensive capital expenditures and media costs, particularly amino acids. Ultimately, Humbert believes that significant scientific and engineering progress is necessary but insufficient cultured meat to displace conventional meat. It's necessary but sufficient, in, necessary but insufficient for cultured meat to displace conventional meat. So even with significant scientific and engineering progress. The core argument is that while microbial processes for yeast and bacteria have scaled over decades to extremely large production volumes and create a lower bound for attainable prices given known limits, producing animal cells at industry scale present very large challenges in comparison, colon, and now here's a numbered list of, I guess, reasons why animal cells are, present large challenges relative to microbial processes, producing, micro, well, using microbial processes or something. One, animal cells have a slower doubling time, 24 to 48 hours, and then microbes, 20 minutes to 3 hours. Practical bioreactor volume is smaller, as animal cells are less tolerant 
of both spatial heterogeneity, e.g. temperature, pH, and fixes to heterogeneity, sparging agitation. So heterogeneity, as we know, is, is just the, having ranges, differences across, I guess here they're talking about across space. I do not have any idea what sparging or agitation are. Number three, oxygen uptake transfer rate, oxygen uptake slash transfer rate and catabolite inhibition. Lack of parentheses, lack of cell walls means harder to control osmolality creates a limit to the practical final cell density. Oxygen update transfer rate and catabolite inhibition. Lack of cell walls means harder to control osmolality creates a limit to the practical final cell density. Number four, animal cells need to be fed expensive and globally low supply of high quality media components, particularly near pure amino acids. Number five, there are significant capital costs to maintain very high hygiene parentheses, quote, aseptic conditions. As any viral bacterial contamination in an animal cell bioreactor is fatal. Number six, final number, significant genetic engineering is necessary to produce animal cells with the desirable properties for bioreactor use, like breaking the capital Hayflick limit and achieving anchorage independence. Just an aside here, I'm not going to look up all of these terms, but um, suggestion to the authors, it might be helpful to define some of these terms or explain the implications of these terms to the non-technical or non-biological, non-biologist reader. Humbird first models a technical Techno-economic analysis, TEA, where all parameters are similar to baker's yeast, except for constraints imposed by the first three challenges. Doubling time equals 24 hours. Maximum fermenter size is 20 meters cubed. And maximum oxygen uptake rate is uh, 25 mol O2 per cubic meter m to the third power dash h i'm guessing that is 25 moles of o2 per cubic meter per hour but i'm not sure table one three analysis summary for standard and constrained yeast processes see appendix a uh, okay, so here we have standard uh, columns for standard and constrained equal parentheses equal capex. I guess the first one is the the stand you know the yeast the yeast process production cost and rates and the second column. Uh, includes the constraints mentioned above the things that need to be basically smaller and less fast for producing animal cells vis-a-vis -vis yeast. So 
we have standard, constrained, parentheses, equal, capex. Um, standard, for instance, has a maximum growth rate of 0.20, um, max OTR versus max growth rate of, point, of 0 0.03 for constrained equals cap, uh, capex. Max OTR moles of oxygen per cubic meters per hour, we guess, is 125 standard, 25 constrained. Something about production fermenters, I guess their size is, is smaller in the constrained. Final seed fermenters, also smaller in so cubic meter size. Cell density looks to be 69 versus 25. Yeast production, 17 versus about 1.7. Total capital expenditure seems pretty comparable, 69 versus $70 million. Total FTE, what was FTE? Not 100% sure. Full-time equivalent? No. 24 versus 56, so it's, that one seems to be better for the constrained. Then we get to cost of production. Dollars per kilogram of dry matter. I guess these are the inputs. So we got carbon, parentheses, molasses, who knew? 0.72 standard, $0.72 cents U.S. standard, $0.89 cents, uh, constrained. Nitrogen, $0.04, cent, ammonia, $0.04 cents for both. Water, $0.01 cent and $0.02. Cents. Utilities, $0.16, cents, $0.23. Cents. Labor, $0.14, cents, $3.34. Overhead, uh, $0.36, cents, $3.63. I just an aside, I wonder how much of that scales or how much of that's a fixed cost. Annual capital charge, $0.47, cents, $4.74. Maybe that could scale also at larger scales. I don't know. Total COP. What is COP? What is COP? Uh, cost of production, I guess. Dollars per kilogram dry for the dry mass of this yeast or the animal equivalent. $1.89. Standard $12.90 constrained equal capex. And for wet, that figure is 57 cents versus $3.87. End of table. The analysis comes to $3.80 kilograms of wet, 70% water cell mass for the constrained yeast process. $3.87 per kilogram of wet, 70% water cell mass. As yeast production at uh, scale is already a highly optimized process over many decades and the additional constraints mentioned so far are pretty close to the fundamental biological nature of animal cells it seems unlikely that we can do better than a lower bound of three dollars and eighty cents per kilogram unfortunately there are other constraints for the rest of the study Humbert then considers what Steps are needed for a more realistic model that incorporates all the real constraints of cellular meat, but also at prices and quantities with a large ecosystem of producers and suppliers, commiserate with a production of 100 kilotons per year, and then does sensitivity analysis on the relevant prices. The general upshot bullet points. Significant metabolic engineering is necessary, so enhanced cells have metabolisms at close to what Humber believes are theoretical limits. Cheap at scale, less than $200 per kilogram cultured meat with, quote, wild-type cells is simply not feasible. Next bullet point, the cost of cultured meat is then 
bounded by the costs of high-quality media components, particularly near-pure amino acids, which Humbert's models to be very expensive, even at scale. Bullet. Humbert speculatively considers using soy hydrolysate instead of individual amino acids in media, which be significantly will be significantly cheaper, if viable. Secondarily, capital costs, especially but not limited to the costs of aseptic uh, animal cell bioreactors, are also a large cost. Final bullet point, in the most optimistic scenarios, Umberd considers cells with enhanced metabolism, designed soy hydrolysate absorption, all their technical problems solved. In the most optimistic scenario, Humbert considered that Humbert considered, Humbert estimates a cost of $21 per kilogram of wet cell mass. Note that this does not include flavoring or structuring cell slurry into meat, nor does it include the amortized cost of research and development. Table uh, 4.7, T reprinted TEA estimates for the fed batch production of bulk cell mass from individual amino acids or from plant hydrolysate, wild type, and enhanced metabolisms are compared. And we have, I'm not going to read this one, four columns. It's similar in way, some ways to the tables we saw above. Ends up with total cost of production. Most optimistic scenario, column two, gives us $21 total cost of production. That's reaction 2.13 enhanced hydrocylate, hydrolysate. Humberg, Humberg gives five uh, recommendations for future study. Note that in his model, solving these problems are necessary but insufficient for getting cultured meat to $21 per kilogram. Bullet points. Five key recommendations for future study. Cell line engineering. Cell line engineering. Plant protein hydrolysis. Heat-stable media formulation. Aseptic bioreactor design. Nitrogen integration. CE Delft Report 2021. Executive Summary. Vergaritol 2021 present a study using both public and private data to argue that while substantial cost reductions are necessary, they are feasible to bring cultured meat to sufficiently low cost that we can have a large burgeoning industry of cultured, cultivated in their words, meat by 2030. The study is conducted from the consultancy CE Delft and funded by the Good Food Institute. Link in post. The core argument goes, existing models of cultured meat via current production technology and costs for inputs will result in very expensive cultured meat. However, based on their analysis of sometimes private data from cultured meat companies, new changes just across the horizon, just a, new changes just around the horizon across a wide range of avenues should be enough to cut cultured meat to fairly affordable processes, perhaps close to conventional meat baseline by 2030. The authors model an ecosystem producing 10 kilotons per year of wet, 70 to 70% animal cell mass, with some intentional vagueness about which animal types they ultimately refer to. They gather data from 16 different culture meat and other companies to do this analysis. 
They assume food bioreactors rather than traditional animal cell bioreactors as the baseline capital cost. CE Delft first lightly models three, quote, baseline scenarios for the expected cost of a kilogram of cultured meat using different ranges of ingredient costs and amounts required. High is upper end. Mid is geometric means of all estimates. Low is lower end for everything. Side note, geometric mean is not the usual mean that you're used to where you simply add everything up and divide by the number of elements. It involves, if I'm recalling correctly, multiplying everything together and then taking the N root of that. And uh, that's seen as a more reasonable forecast, a more uh, useful, relevant, accurate, practical forecast on, in some contexts. And if I recall, there was a discussion of this in the context of metaculous forecasting elsewhere on the EA forum. Okay, CA Delft lightly models three baseline scenarios. Pasted below is a graph called figure three. COGS model of CM, dollars per kilogram of cultured meat, I guess, per input type baseline scenarios. And we've a, a the, on the lower bar, it's emphasized, uh, sorry, the lower axis, it says medium scenario. I'm not sure what we're talking about here. Uh, and there's three bars going up. One is high, two is mid, three is low. The Vertical axis representing the cost, CO, cultured meat cost, COGs, dollars per kilogram. And I can't see it on my depiction, but there's, there's a different shading, other versus cell culture medium. Uh, high is $22,422, mid is $1,707, low is $149. So those are the baseline scenarios for the expected cost of a kilogram of cultured meat. Using the different, uh, yeah, using the um, different ranges of ingredients, costs, and amounts required, and the mid is doing some averaging, if I understood correctly. Yeah, it's doing this geometric averaging. They then consider six scenarios for future cost reduction. Figure four, COGS model of cultured meat, dollars per kilogram cultured meat, overview of scenarios presented on a log scale. Um, that just means that the, the y-axis is zero, then one, then 10, then 100, 1,000, etc. Um, okay, and we see, I see nine different bars. I don't know why it says six scenarios. Nine different bars. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It looks like some of them are current and some of them are future. Each of these bars seems to break up the cost by color into several different components or many different components, to be honest. About one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve components, including things like cleaning and operations and O&M, whatever that is, cell bank maintenance. Note, okay, returning to the text. Note that scenario four onwards builds from scenario three, 
low end of all estimates rather than scenario two, mid-range of estimates. This modeling choice is not explained. Um, okay, so scenario four onwards, I guess they mean scenarios four through nine. I'm a little confused as the, the nine versus six. Each scenario builds on top of the previous scenario. Scenario four, low prices for growth factors. As in other literature, we adopt a scenario that a price reduction of a factor greater than a thousand may be possible, in quotes. Scenario five, cheaper or lower usage of recombinant proteins, quote, we have credible industry sources that point towards a feasible cost reduction of a factor 100. Scenario 6. Capital expenditures can be repaid at a slower rate than normal. While traditional investors require a payback time of less than four years for commercial investment projects, CE Delft argues that socially motivated investors can instead opt for a payback time of 30 years. Lynch, uh, this is a indented bullet, for judgment, oh parentheses, for judgment calls that one of us looked into in some detail and the other broadly agrees with us but is not vetted, we specify author names in bold so it's clear that we're referring just to just one author's opinion, colon. It is unclear to me whether a 30-year payback time, even if true, is correctly pricing in what may presumably be higher maintenance cost for 30-plus-year-old equipment using novel technology. Scenario 7. Increase in maximum cell density during proliferation. 50 times 10 to the 6 cells per milliliter is the baseline cell density modeled. According to experts in the field, it may be feasible to increase cell densities by a factor 4 to 10 times 20 to the 7 cells per milliliter. That is all in quotes. Um, okay, so I think the parentheses above was getting at... It doesn't, they don't seem to be holding this, that, that there would be a single author if it's just... One author's opinion, I don't see that anywhere here. Maybe they needed to follow through with that somewhere. Okay. Um, and this is still part of scenario, wait, uh, seven. Higher cell densities would mean that more meat cells can be grown in a reactor of the same volume. So this is the increase in maximum cell densities under scenario seven. More meat cells can be grown in a reactor of the same volume. That's in quotes. Though note that a factor of four increase in cell density means that the percentage of bioreactor volume that is now cells would increase from 17.5% to 70%, very close to sphere packing density limits. Not sure what the implication of that is. So you couldn't go much more, more than a factor four. Hmm. Scenario eight, shortening of production runtime. 
it is estimated that a reduction in production runtime of 25% is feasible, in quotes. Scenario 9, increase in cell volume, quote, as the companies involved in this study produce a range of species and cell types, we used an average cell volume for the baseline scenario and determined potential larger cell volumes, 500 uh, U microns cubed, that's a, uh, is that an upsilon M to the third power, on primary data collected and literature. Okay, so as the companies involved in this study produce a range of species and cell types with an average cell volume for the baseline scenario, potential determine potential larger cell volume, 500 microns cubed on uh, primary data collected and literature. However, note that combining scenario 7 with 9, scenario 9, translates into a pure cell density percent of viral reactor volume that is cells of 100%, which I guess is some sort of limit. Okay, let me just go back up and read, go over that table again. So we have nine scenarios, although I, scenarios one, two, three were, where were they described? Were they described above? I, I guess those were the first three baseline scenarios. The first was 22,000, mm, not sure here. Yeah, 22,000 was the high baseline, 1,700 about was the median baseline, 149 was the low baseline. Uh, the median was a geometric averaging of, of something or other. Uh, this is all gathering data from 16 companies, range of ingredients, cost and amounts. Um, and then if we, okay, so we start with those three and then they, they, I guess these, some of these are called future, but it's not clear to me where that, I guess four through nine is for future. So then we get $116 cost CM COGS dollars per kilogram. Uh, so we, we go down to 116 from 149, then to 17, then to eight, $6.52, $5.74, finally $5.66. So the last additional assumptions don't seem to be making much difference on top of the prior assumptions, maybe because of that capacity 100% thing we were talking about before. Okay, moving on to, I think, the third uh, research project paper, Risner et al. 2020. Executive Summary. Risner et al. 2020 present a study funded by the Innovation Institute for Food and Health at UC Davis on the cost of a 20 cubic meters, 20,000 liters food-grade core bioreactor-based system producing 120 kilotons of bovine cell wet mass, 1% of current U.S. beef production. The authors argue that technological performance, quote, will need to approach or surpass known technical limits for animal cell-based meat to achieve profitability as a commodity. They think cultured meat, quote, may not be economically viable as a commodity for some time, end quote, parentheses, undefined how long, but, quote, may enter the marketplace sooner as a minor ingredient, which lends desirable organoleptic qualities to, an other, to otherwise plant-based products. Uh, I don't know what organoleptic means. Uh, I, I guess it means, well, you can infer from context. Uh, so they think cultured meat, blah, 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 may not be viable as a commodity for a long time, but may enter the marketplace as a minor ingredient to plant-based products or become luxury 
become more like luxury food items. Alma's Beluga Caviar, U.S. $10,000 per kilogram. Atlantic Bluefin Tuna, U.S. $6,500 per kilogram. And Foie Gras, U.S. $1,232 per kilogram. This study employs six global sensitivity analysis algorithms of 67 parameters chosen using cellular biology and chemical slash process engineering conventions. The list is narrowed down to the nine factors that most influenced capital and annual operating expenses by consolidating the top five parameters across all six algorithms. So six global sensitivity analysis algorithms of 67 parameters chosen by cell biology and chemical process conventions then narrowed down to nine factors i guess those are the same as parameters here that most influenced capital and annual operating expenses by factors is not the same as algorithms i guess nine factors by consolidating the top five parameters across all six algorithms <clears throat> here you're in a list one our impression supported by some of the survey results from the application forms Lincoln Post, is that the applicants to the one-on-one -on -one calls tended to be a lot more aligned and familiar with the effective altruism community already, i.e., they were a bit further down the, quote, funnel, Lincoln Post to CEA's funnel model. So the services might just be more or less useful for different. Glucose consumption rate per cell, matur maturation time, Transforming growth factor, TGFB, a growth factor, concentration. Nine, oxygen consumption per cell. Despite TGFB being a major cost variable and oxygen uptake rates being a major obstacle in Humbert's TEA, their interactive cost calculator illustrates that media slash recombinant protein costs also substantially affect cost, especially transferrin, L-asorbic acid to phosphate and insulin. Furthermore, they also cite bioreactor capital costs as a significant factor in costs, even after assuming food-grade bioreactors. These nine factors were then clustered into technological components. Four technology development scenarios are then developed based on altering the values of some of these nine variables. See table below. The four technology development scenarios are colon. Scenario one, US $437,000 per kilogram. Baseline scenarios based on existing animal cell-based meat production in a food grade bioreactor including 2019 pricing obtained from GFI spec 2019 for animal serum free media and growth factors and reported human embryonic stem cells glucose uptake rates. Scenario two, US $57,200 per kilogram. Halves the cost of growth factors, reduces cell doubling time from 24 to 16 hours, halves glucose consumption rate per cell, 
increases total cell volume density five times based on two times 10 to the eighth cells per milliliter average max cell density, which the authors note is a physical limit and the number in reality would be much lower. Scenario three, US 44,500 per kilogram, same as scenario two, but eliminates the cost of growth factors. Scenario four, US $1.95 per kilogram, an intentional pie-in-the-sky scenario was designed to see what it would take about $2 per kilogram for conventional beef price parity. Nearly all technical challenges are resolved, including reducing growth factor costs to zero, increasing myoblasts, myosatellite cell tolerance to glucose concentrations, glucose media consumption is reduced by an order of magnitude, having having again, sorry, halving, how do you say that? Halving again, myoblast slash MSC doubling time and lower maturation time six times, reducing media recombinant protein cost, base media containing over 50 ingredients, TGFB transfer and L-asorbic acid 2-phosphate insulin to zero, and increasing total volume density to 100%, which is biologically implausible, but Unlike CE Delft 2021, Risner et al. 2020 do acknowledge this. Here we see table one, scenario of the four scenarii, achievable cell concentration. I guess these things are multiplicative, but I am not sure. Achievable cell concentration, FGF one and uh, two concentration, FGF two cost, glucose concentrations, glucose consumption rates per cell, Hours per doubling, maturation time, total required bioreactors, volume of media needed for animal annual production, minimum price uh, ACBM to meet annual capital and operating expenses, U.S. dollars per kilogram for scenario I. Bullet point, note that this TEA modeled only the core bioreactor system cost as if every, as if every other part of the process was free. So it's intended as a minimum cost. The three key recommendations of the paper in order to lower costs are cell selection engineering to lower the media consumption rate via a more glucose efficient metabolism. A second level bullet engineering, quote, engineering and or screening for cell lines which shift rapidly from a Warburg metabolism, aerobic glycosis to a more glucose efficient metabolism, parentheses, oxidative phosphorylation, i.e. production of two ATP versus a theoretical 38 ATP per glucose molecule, end parentheses, end quote, continue bullet, colon, from 4.13 times 10 to the negative 13 MOH moles per MOH divided by H cell glucose consumption rate per cell to 4.13 times 10 to the negative 14, one order of magnitude, uh, smaller, MOH over divided by H cell more glucose efficient by an order of magnitudes, it seems. Note that their argument is less about glucose specifically, glucose specifically, which after all is just a simple sugar, and more about using it as a proxy for total media consumption requirements and thus a measure of cell engineering. Bullet point, reducing or eliminating, sorry, these are the three key recommendations, just to remind you, uh, to lower costs. Set the second bullet point, 
Yikes, I see more than three bullet points. Reducing or eliminating the cost of growth factors, especially fibro, fibroblast growth factor two. Uh, second level bullet, they suggest one way to eliminate FGF2 costs is by, quote, leveraging the ability of cancer cells to increase glucose update rates and inhibit cell proliferation without the presence of, glose, of growth factors or cell lines, or cell lines could be engineered, identified to express oncogenes related to these traits, end quote. However, they note this, quote, could be challenging from both a regulatory perspective as well as for consumer acceptance. Uh, uh, third bullet point, scaling up of perfusion bioreactors. Doing so allows for multiple changes of media per batch and higher cell concentrations. However, the TEA's costs are based on estimates for standard food-grade bioreactors and Risner et al. 2020 acknowledge more sophisticated bioreactors i.e. single-use or novel perfusion systems may substantially increase capital costs. Fourth bullet point. Ah, an implicit fourth recommendation is also to substantially lower the costs of the media amino acids used. Uh, indented second-level bullet. Quote, the, the amino acids being a big variable in the cost calculation assumes that there has been a solution for the other expensive components like growth factors. End quote. Private correspondence ellipsis. Open quote. Our model did not account for amino acid uptake rates due to glucose being the most consumed nutrient in cell culture. However, amino acid, open paren, AA metabolism should be a consideration for commercial scale-up. Supplemental material. Why do the TEAs disagree? Overall approach of the TEAs. Humbert asks, if cultured meat scaled to a global volume of 100 kilotons per year, what would it cost? C.E. Delft imagines a world where 10,000 metric tons per year of cost-competitive cultured meat can be produced. And then reverse engineers what would need to change for that to happen, unrelated to how likely those changes are. Risner et al. 2020 follow a similar model to Humbird and then explore what changes to the major cost factors would be needed to get to price parity, acknowledging that they are unlikely. Our takeaways on the TEAs overall. Lynch. My general impression is that Humbird's analysis was very carefully and rigorously done though I wish his uncertainty was sometimes made more numeric. As from an EA perspective, many of these investments are worth doing, even if there's only a 5-20% to 20 chance of cultured meat working out in a 30-year time horizon. In contrast, my impression is that both the CE Delft report and its subsequent heavy publicity can be best viewed as a textbook exercise in motivated reasoning, akin to, and there's something missing there, but less subtle. Various decision points and errors in the report shade in favor of cultured meat being cheap, quickly viable, likely without corresponding errors in the opposite direction. I have not read Risner at all as carefully as Neil has and feel less qualified to opine on it. My understanding is that Risner concludes 
cost-competitive culture meet is impossible at current technology, but has an explicit, quote, this is where a miracle happens, final step, where you get very cheap prices if you assume away all the technical and engineering difficulties. Note that I do not have prior experience in either this field or adjacent fields, and am biasing towards over-explaining and communicating my current opinions instead of only saying things I'm certain are true. Neil, to me, the major distinction between the technical economic analyses is which reference class they're using is what reference class they're using for technological breakthroughs. Humbert 2020 and Risner et al. seem to imagine the correct reference class is one with real technological and cost limits like biofuels, while C.E. Delft's 21, 2021 view is closer to reference classes where the technical challenges can be overcome with enough effort support slash support from researchers, investors, and government like photovoltaic technology. By the way, I think by reference classes, they mean uh, what is the, the comparison example to think about when you think about this thing. So just even if it's in a different area, maybe it relates to this thing. None of the TEAs provide a useful way to adjudicate if it's possible to beat the amino acid prices the yeast industry has achieved or to design bioreactor systems that can reduce the cost of contamination at scale. But I think CE Delft 2021 undersells just how much effort is needed. I also found it concerning for the CE Delft 2021 TEA that Lynch was able to spot a fundamental mathematical conceptual error, Lincoln Post, without any prior domain expertise. These are the only TEAs I've read, so I don't have a good sense where they fall on the quality scale of TEAs in general. The TEAs should just be one, parentheses, important, close parentheses, part of your model, of your model on how likely culture meat is to scale. Investor timelines. In brief, Humbird thinks it would take at least 60 years for the required 10 orders of magnitude manufacturing cost reductions to be achieved via normal economies of scale. And investors work on much shorter timelines with higher returns expectations for the first successful plant. C.E. Delft argues cultured meat investors are a special socially motivated breed that will wait 30 years for their returns. Humbird simply doesn't believe a scale-up can be achieved in any reasonable investor timeline. He argues that a scale-up to conventional meat volume on the, order, on the order of 100 million metric tons per year requires a 10 orders of magnitude increase from the production volume of edible cultured animal cells at the time on the order of 1 to 10 kilograms per year. If I understand what's being said here, at the moment, 1 to 10 kilograms per year only of edible 
cultured animal cells are currently being produced and we need to multiply that by, or we need to take that uh, to 10 orders of magnitude greater. So um, multiply that by 10 to the 10, if I understand correctly. He argues, 2020 page nine to 10, it took 60 years for certain aspects of computing to have progressed by about 10 orders of magnitude and generally, quote, generally accepted economies of scale in the process industries do not hold within them multiple orders of magnitude in manufacturing cost reduction. Therefore, quote, to fit this many powers of 10 into a time scale that meets contemporary investor expectations, some would suggest that even more accelerationist laws, quote, are in play for cultured meat, close quote. Humbird, page 11, argues cultivated meat optimists are following a reasoning of, quote, capex only matters for the first plant. All subsequent plants will be financed at a low cost of capital but that, quote, such treatment from lenders is more accurately only enjoyed after the first successful plant. This need to reconcile a sense of urgency with a reluctance to be, quote, first, was an exceedingly common source of friction in the days of venture-backed biofuel startups, end quote. So the suggestion here seems to be that um, we're talking about differences in the assumptions or framework of the different, the three different technical economic uh, assessments, technological economic assessments. And the Delft report seems to think that cultured meat investors will accept a very low rate of returns. Um, and I mean, I can see this to the extent that it is being funded and subsidized by idealistic investors and, and organizations. Um, Humbird is less optimistic about that. And uh, he's suggesting that there will first, that there first needs to be not only a single plant doing it, but a single plant doing it successfully, which I guess means in an economically or financially viable way. And before that, the risks will be so high that investors will demand uh, some sort of very high expected returns uh, or some sort of high, very high returns on their investment in a reasonably short period until we have a successful, and I guess, as I said, that, that means profitable, implementation of this. Second level bullet, uh, Humbird, page 10, also seems concerned that limits to multiple orders of magnitude progress, orders of magnitude progress, are the limits are especially true, quote, in biotechnology, where the equipment in question is much smaller and more specialized, and where the precursor chemicals are only produced in limited quantities, close quote. This is based on Humbert's conclusion that farmer-grade safety standards will always be required and amino acid costs will be high even at scale. 
both of which seem more malleable to us than Humbird claims. And a side thought here, the EA Forum format, the post format, might not be quite as malleable to the sort of presentation and reasoning transparency as would be merited, is, is merited by this issue. Um, I mean, this is, seems to be a very, very important issue, particularly in terms of the funding choices of organizations in the alternative protein and, and animal welfare and, and to some extent global warming areas. Um, and the, I think they merit, it merits more ability to explain exactly what the reasoning is behind each statement and how sensitive the results are. So some sort of output that one could tweak, which isn't entirely possible, of course, in a post in the EA forum, both because you don't, you can't manipulate the model as you manipulate the assumptions. You can't manipulate the results quite as, as at all. And also because even if you want to explain, if you want to explain your reasoning in more detail, you have two choices. One is a footnote, which in this format, there's no hover over. You have to jump all the way down and jump back up. It's a little bit awkward. And people don't know right away whether they want to read the footnote. Or you have to obviously put it in the main text, which clutters this. And, and there is this trade-off between, I don't want this to be too, too, too long. And I want to provide all of the, yeah, as they say, reasoning transparency. So person with a hammer, everything looks like a dynamic document in this case. Bullet, C.E. Delft, page 21, typically writes typically, quote, the hurdle for commercial investment projects to get funded is payback time less than four years, but argue socially motivated investors are willing to wait longer for returns. The authors think the payback time should be 30 years. This drops the price from $17 per kilogram to $7.74 per kilogram. Uh, indented bullet, second level. However, it's unclear why 30 years is actually justified or why socially motivated investors would prefer much longer payback time relative to normal investment that will get you more resources to use for donation or social investment later. This is, this is an interesting point which might be explored further and I suspect that there's some work on this as to whether investors who are socially motivated should perceive the risk return differently and sort of demand different uh, return rates slash payback times uh, when they're dealing with something that's going to pay back in terms of social value uh, as well as private value. There might be a case that a socially responsible investor would have some efficiencies from sort of bundling his or her investment for return and his or her investment for social return. I know, for example, that there's conferences and study programs on things related to socially responsible finance, socially responsible investing, where people study this and think about this very much systematically. The one I'm most familiar with is at the University of Maastricht, uh, where I know Paul Smates, and they have a conference 
called the GRASFI, G-R-A-S-F-I conference where people discuss these issues. They have a program on sustainable finance. Continuing with the bullet points, Lynch. I also think CE Delft's 2021 assumption that maintenance costs are a flat 5% of costs is suspicious slash insufficiently defended. Aside, should this be in the investor timeline section or in a different section? Second level bullet, Lynch. While it's possible I'm misunderstanding, a huge related issue with having a capital expenditure investment that takes greater than 30 years to pay off is that you're explicitly baking in not changing capital use much, which means you're planning to keep old equipment, which seems especially wild when, quote, old equipment is decomposed into specific items like, quote, bioreactors in a new field like cultured meat. So I think that the CE Delft assumption about socially motivated investor attitudes is both by itself dubious, but also their conclusion is invalid given just that assumption. I think Lynch's comment's a little bit underexplained here. I don't see why he's raising this in the context of socially motivated investor attitudes. That's two separate things. Um, is it explicitly baking in not changing capital use much? I don't see why that is the case. I assume that the capital use that they put in here is, I mean, it should be the capital use that is necessary to embody the level of production and innovation that they are building into their model. So presumably, to the extent that innovation and, and change in use of capital is part of what they're envisioning for the sort of gains and yeah, innovation that they're hoping for, that should indeed be in their cost calculations. I'm not saying it is, but the criticism wouldn't be, I would think, that it's a 30-year capital expenditure. It should be that, that in that case, they're simply putting in the wrong capital expenditure investment calculation. Section, food versus farmer-grade bioreactors, or subsection, I think. Humbird thinks that cell cultures cannot be manufactured at large scale using food-grade standards because cell contamination will destroy the product. Therefore, cultured meat is limited to smaller-scale farmer-grade standards with virtually no contamination, which is very costly. C.E. Delft imagines a world where it will be possible for cell cultures to be produced in food-grade bioreactors. Risner et al. allow for the, quote, optimistic assumption that advances in science will enable production using food-grade bioreactor systems and that, quote, operational issues related to bioreactor sanitation and fill rates are negligible. Next bullet. For Risner et al., quote, cost estimates of food-grade bioreactors were calculated using a method which accounts for equipment scaling, installation, and inflation. This method applies a set unit cost of $50,000 per cubic meter for a food-grade bioreactor and a common scaling factor of 0.6, end quote, and a capital cost of $778,000 for a 20,000 liter bioreactor. CE Delft rely on more 
perfusion bioreactors in their model at $600,000 a piece. But their 10,000 liter stirred tank bioreactors are suggested to cost $325,000 a piece. Humbird's farmer grade bioreactor costs are as much as an order of magnitude more expensive. Level 2 bullet Lynch. Note that in the CE Delft and Risner et al. reports, using food grade bioreactors is an, is an assumption of the models, not a conclusion. In contrast, Humbird spends about three pages of his report explaining the modeling choice of farmer grade reactors and why he believes those are more appropriate. Aside, and maybe it's obvious, if we were in fact trying to build a Monte Carlo type model, we would want to explicitly embody the probability that food grade versus farmer grade reactors could be used. Next second level bullet to the cost estimates of food grade bioreactors, Neil, colon. Humbert's model assumes that farmer grade is needed to avoid contamination. It's unclear to us what percentage of a production batch could be spoiled and still be profitable for cultured meat companies. It may be higher than what pharmaceutical companies would accept. Hmm. Fastler's 2021 article suggests that a single particle on a glove or a poor weld on a piece of equipment is enough to contaminate the batch and would take hours to resolve. So it's interesting that they seem to be potentially pinpointing certain uncertainties or, or factors that may be well known to those in the bio community, but not those in the planning this community, that may be extremely important to considering the cost of this. And, and maybe that could be, could be highlighted more and made part of an explicit model. And one completely unrelated aside, uh, I note that they're putting in the date of each publication whenever they mention the author of each publication. Uh, to the reader, that's a little bit, I think it's not necessary because it's always the same publication. And to the reader, it kind of breaks up the flow just a tiny bit. So maybe they don't have to put in the date after the first one or two times. Subheading, media slash growth factors. Fassler points out that fetal bovine serum-free media is expensive and challenging to create. Here, Humbert is more optimistic, thinking falling prices are possible with economies of scale and growth factors won't be needed in high concentrations anyways. It would be nice to have an explainer here of what this fetal bovine serum-free media is and why it's necessary. Is it an animal welfare issue, that it, that it hurts the animals to use fetal bovine serum? Is it an environmental issue? Is it a cost issue? So Fassler pointed out it was expensive. Hamburg is more optimistic. Economies of scale and growth factors won't be needed in high concentrations anyways, they say. CE Delft also projects growth factor costs falling, but still regards them as a big hurdle. Risner et al. think Essential 8, an animal-free growth medium, does not seem like a viable option 
and growth factor costs need to be completely eliminated. Not sure what they mean, need to be eliminated, eliminated from the model or need to be eliminated in order for this to be viable. I'm a little bit lost. Second level bullet, there's a large discrepancy between the costs for transforming growth factor beta, TGF beta. Discrepancy between the costs across models, I assume they mean. While Risner et al. cites a study from Good Food Institute's GFI's Liz Specht 2019 and a cost of 80.9 M, 80.9 million dollars per gram from it, I suppose. CE Delft cites an online market, QKine, and that same paper from SPECT would arrive at a range of $3.7 million to $5 million per gram for their baseline scenario. SPECT's paper also includes a cost for a hypothetical 20,000 liter batch at $3.2 million, which is perhaps what CE Delft used. Humbird assumes two orders of magnitude cheaper costs are possible. Second level bullet. While this is not explicitly stated in any of the analyses, we think, following Humbird, there's a reasonable argument that growth factors only need to be cheap for cultured meat, so not much prior research or optimization power has been spent on making growth factors cheap historically. So we should be much more optimistic about revolutionary change being possible here over e.g. cheaper amino acids or bioreactors or changing the rate that animal cells double. Um, I think they mean that there's an argument that there was only a, a, a reason to there's only there's not been an incentive to make growth factors cheap in anything other than cultured meat. So maybe there's potential for gains here. Third level bullet. We've also talked to a few people working in adjacent fields who thought that massively cheaper growth factors were plausible, but none of them were very knowledgeable or confident about this area. Herein presents a table with columns costs, dollars per gram, I guess, dollars over G, I'm not sure what that is, CE Delft baseline, Risner et al., scenario four to scenario one, and Humbird, and they present the cost for insulin, transferrin, FGF2, and TGF beta. Um, I'm not gonna read this table over, I don't think you can get much Listening to this, maybe I can describe it a little bit. Uh, C.E. Delft, uh, yeah, the looks like they're sorting this in cost order from insulin, but I don't know how much of this stuff needs to be used, so that's not so relevant, perhaps. I suppose this is per gram of produced output, so maybe it is relevant. So C.E. Delft, for instance, insulin is 155 to 400, I guess, dollars. Uh, Risner et al. 0 to 340, Humbird 7 to 9. Um, so there, CE Delft's coming in on the more expensive side. Uh, transferrin, it's also 
potentially more expensive. Risner's estimates seem to start at zero in their cheapest scenario. Um, so in terms of the medium, actually CE Delft baseline, oh, because it's their baseline and not their more optimistic one, seems to be as expensive in most of the categories, although Risner at all seems to come in up to, well, up to a very high level for the TGF beta. All right, I suggest if you're interested, you look at that table. It's, it's not so clear to narrate. Subsection amino acids. Bullet points. The viability of inexpensive amino acids is a major source of contention between the TEAs. Humbird thinks if cheaper amino acids were possible, they would have been achieved already for the yeast industry. Risner et al. also think amino acids are a huge prohibitive expense, but don't discuss them in detail because they view growth factors as an obstacle that needs to be tackled before one can even think about amino acid costs. CE Delft issues a baseline price estimate for an amino acid product that would be poorly suited to cultured meat production as a feasible lower bound for prices. Bullet point. Humbird's best case model using enhanced hydrolysates says that macronutrients, i.e. amino acids, could reach $3.39 per kilogram. Risner et al. models the base media, which includes the amino acids, as costing $0.24 cents to $3.12 per liter. How do I compare those two things to the kilograms? I'm a little lost there. CE Delft project amino acids from hydrolysate can be scaled to a cost as little as $0.40 cents per kilogram, which is, okay, which is much less than the 339 Humbird best case. Bullet. Fassler writes, quote, why the discrepancy? A footnote in the CE Delft report makes it clear. The price figures for macronutrients are largely based on a specific amino acid protein powder that sells for $400 a ton on the sprawling e-commerce marketplace Alibaba.com. That source, though, is not likely is not likely not suitable. I think he means is likely not suitable for cell culture. Via a chat tool, I asked the Alibaba vendor if the product would be acceptable for use in pharmaceutical grade applications. Dear, she wrote back, it's organic fertilizer. Parentheses. In other words, it would not be. As described on the webpage, the product is intended to be used in crop irrigation systems to help with plant nutrient uptake. The vendor did confirm it would be appropriate to use as an additive in livestock, livestock feed. End quote. Fassler notes that, quote, the nutrition sources that nutrition sources like the one sold on Alibaba will probably never work. Colon, end quote. They're not intended for human consumption. They may include heavy metals, arsenic, organic toxins, and so on, which get into the cells. Second level bullet. According to Humbird, today's production of certain amino acids 
would need to increase six times to meet the demands of cultured meat, which he thinks is not going to happen. Humber does explore the possibility that companies could derive a full amino acid profile from cheap commodity soy, reducing costs dramatically. However, this would take years of research and a large scale-up in the industry providing it. Next second-level bullet. C.E. Delft is more optimistic about both alternatives like parentheses soy, close parentheses hardware lysate, and lower-grade conventional production amino acids than Humbert is, meaning you don't need to purchase expensive pure amino acids. Next second-level bullet. Individual amino acid costs don't factor into Risner et al.'s written analysis because they think the amino acids are a big variable in the cost being a bit because they think the amino acids being a big variable in the cost calculation assumes that there has been a solution for the other expensive components like growth factors. The authors acknowledge that amino acid metabolism should be a consideration for a commercial scale-up. Their model does use a range of $0.24 to $3.12 per liter for the base media, which includes amino acids. These costs come from SPECT, page 14. The actual range goes up to $367 per liter, but Risner et al. only use the cost under conditions when growth factor requirements have been reduced and are produced at larger scales and higher efficiency. It's also worth noting that page 16 of this, I suppose there's a link in the post, agronomic slide deck citing SPECT includes a current quote media price of $10 per liter. Next sub-bullet. While Humbert's 2020 take on amino Humbert's take on amino acids is the most careful one so far, it is far from obviously correct. He curve fits a regression model of existing amino acid volume, price pairs to the new quote cultured meat grade formulations, but some of the resulting prices are well above existing market rates for specific amino acids. Parentheses, human supplement grade glycine can be bought at small scales for $27 per kilogram from Amazon, conditionally considerably less than Humberg's page 41, $87 per kilogram estimates, close brand. The synthetic biologist we talked to thought that revolutionary changes in amino acid production were not obviously implausible. Going off on a horse here. There's so many caveats and caveats to the caveats here that it's kind of hard to see the forest for the trees. That might be because of my lack of biological knowledge here, but I really am longing for something to put this all in perspective, a sort of diagram or figure where I see how much do all of this stuff matter to the overall picture. Again, perhaps a visualization or a dynamically visualized model could be helpful here. Next sub-bullet. However, if just one core, if just one core amino acid at sufficiently high purity is too expensive, this may be enough to doom the entire project. At scale, at scale, amino acid prices can be lower than existing prices, as at volume production is cheaper. But they can also be higher because the quality grade slash purity needed is higher. For example, L-threonine, THR, is currently produced at scale but using E. coli, 
meaning it needs to be filtered to be safe for consumption. Somehow I think that would be a hard sell to consumers. Whether cheaper livestock-grade amino acids could be used is a testable hypothesis for cultured meat engineers. And there's a final sub-bullet, um, which I believe was meant to be taken out, that says, some more thoughts here. Next, and I believe final subsection of the section, why do the TEAs disagree? Cell engineering. According to Fassler, the cell density issue is one of the most intractable problems this, emergency, this emerging industry will face, considering that the pharmaceutical industry has already likely spent billions on this very challenge, sums that make the total investment seen in cell meat look like a drop in the bucket. Solving it would be a stunning accomplishment, end quote. As Humbert notes, talking about the biological, quote, max cell density, and, quote, average cell volume hides the actual issue that only so much of a bioreactor's volume could be filled with cells. Humberg argue, Humbert argues, citing some Chinese hamster ovary cell studies, close brand, that the practical upper bound for volume density is 25%. So I guess this is how much stuff can we get in per thing. In contrast, or how much can we get out per thing? In contrast, CE Delft starts with a volume density of 17.5%, below Humbird's limit, but quickly goes on to, and here's sub-bullet points, in a middle scenario, increasing max cell density by four times, getting to a volume density of 70%, not only hitting way above Humbird's practical upper bound, but also coming dangerously close to this theoretical sphere packing limit. In the final scenario, this is another sub-bullet, CE Delft increases the average cell volume by almost 50% from 3.5 times 10 to the third uh, upsilon microns cubed, meters cubed. I don't know. I always forget what that Greek letter is. It looks like a U. Uh, from 3.5 times 10 to the third uh, um cubed to 5.0 times 10 to the third um cubed next sub bull it unfortunately they changed they chained the two scenarios unfortunately they chained the two scenarios implicitly claiming a 100 percent volume density in other words the entire bioreactor has only cells this is this is kind of the lead here. This is biologically slash physically implausible as sub-sub-bullet. There is no way for resources to get to cells if there's no nutrient solution in the tanks. Animal cells are not perfect cubes. We've informed CE Delft of this error. This was mentioned elsewhere in the post. Skepticism of the CE Delft estimates. first level bullet. Thus, the qualitative take from Fassler that CE Delft's numbers are unrealistic rather than essentially physically impossible is arguably still too optimistic about CE Delft's perspective here. Rizzler, next bullet, Rizzler et al. repeats this 100% 
dense cell density and plausibility intentionally in their all problems resolved scenario four. Quote, this was done to basically account for any innovation in vascularization and fusing of the cells. Supplementary material, page two. They recognize it is definitely biologically implausible and nearly physically impossible. Mu. Mu was the Greek letter I was forgetting before. I think that's called a mu. So go back in time and replace that with mu. Sorry. They recognize it is definitely biologically implausible and nearly physically impossible. Their use of 9.5 e to the 0.07, I guess times 10 to the 7th, max cell density, cells per milliliter, was simply a midpoint between scenarios 1 and 4 and didn't try to take into account Humbird's suggested practical upper limit. Here we see a table. I see a table of CE Delft's lower and upper limit, Humbird's upper limit, and Risner's lower, middle, and upper limit. Uh, that's the rows. And the columns are max cell density, cells per milliliter, average cell volume, mu, m cubed, u microns cubed, don't know, total cell volume, volume density. And we see CE Delft's lower limit, 500 times 10 to the 0.07, sorry, 500 times 10 to the 7th for max cell density, upper limit 2 times 10 to the 8th for CE Delft's max cell density, Humbird's upper limit starts at CE Delft's lower limit, if I understand correctly, 5 times 10 to the 7th. Risner's lower limit is 1 times 10 to the 7th, which is much which is much smaller, therefore much worse. Middle limit 9.5 times 10 to the 7th, upper limit 2 times 10 to the 8th, which is the, seems to be the same as CE Delft's upper limit. Average cell volume, is that a consequence of the density or are those two independent things? Um, no, it should, it should be independent things. So we see a list of average cell volumes for each. 5 times 10 to the 3rd for almost everything other than CE Delft's lower limit. Total cell volume. Um, what is that difference between average and total? I'm not sure. Obviously, that would multiply by the number of cells. And then volume density, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what of this, whether one of these should be seen as the overall summary or not. That's, that's my um, scientific lack of understanding here. Humbird takes the example of Chinese. Oh, sorry, going back to the table, I see some things in the latter. So the latter column is volume density. It's how much, I guess, of... The total volume of this stuff is the thing you want, like cells. And we see the upper limits for CE Delft of 100%, which the thing they said was, was unrealistic. Lower limit, 17.5%. Humbird, upper limit is 25%. Risner's lower limit is 5%, 47.5% middle, and 100% upper. But I guess they admitted that one to be implausible. Next bullet. Humbird takes the example of Chinese hamster ovary cells. Immortal, non-cancerous, and morphologically stable cells that, quote, can be grown 
in high-density culture, and quote, require only a limited number of growth factors, making it possible, though still challenging, to design cost-optimized serum-free media, page 13. This particular cell line, quote, which has benefited from more than 60 years of constant research and development is, quote, probably not efficient enough for low-cost production of bulk cell mass, according to Humbird in Fassler's 2021 article. Quote, the chemical reactions occurring inside a living cell proceed with the usual thermodynamic efficiency of 30 to 80 percent. If an organism lives at all, it does not do so orders of magnitude away from its physical limits, end quote. Page 9. Next bullet. Risner et al. starts with human embryonic stem cells likely exhibiting a Warburg metabolism, aerobic glycolysis, glucose uprate of 4.13 times 10 to the negative 13, MOH, I guess moles per hour but argue cell engineering is needed to change to a more efficient oxidative phosphorylation metabolism to allow a rate as low as 4.13 times 10 to the negative 14, that's one order of magnitude less, MOH per hour, moles per hour, I guess, even after eliminating growth factor and amino acid costs completely. So we want them to be more efficient, take up less glucose, if I understand correctly. Sub-bullet, Neil. Glucose-specific metrics are used as a proxy for overall media consumption requirements. We talked about this before, as it is the most consumed nutrient in cell culture. We toyed around with their interactive online model, moving glucose concentration and consumption rates to the limits allowed in their model, to the limits allowed in their model, parentheses beyond those used in their scenarios, beyond known demonstrated limits as far as I can tell, uh, even toying around with those to the limits allowed in their model and beyond known demonstrated limits, the price is still prohibitively expensive when media costs are not reduced. Taking scenario three and removing other media costs but keeping the preset glucose variables holds the price above $60 per kilogram. It's unclear whether glucose consumption metrics are a good proxy for overall media consumption requirements. Final bullet. Humbert and Risner et al., both 2020, also mentions, mention other critical, but presumably solvable, scientific challenges to getting cultured meat at scale, including producing immortal cell lines, breaking the hay flick limit, and cells that don't automatically adhere to the sides of tanks which animal cells are wont to do. This concludes this section on why do the TEAs disagree. The subsections, again, were overall approach of the TEAs, investor overall approach of the TEAs, investor timelines, food versus farmer-grade bioreactors, media slash growth factors, amino acids, and finally, cell engineering. Next is the concluding thoughts. Final section, concluding thoughts. This post is part of a project that aims to come up with concrete forecasts and opinions about the likelihood and timelines of cultured meat technology. The publication of existing cultured meat industry predictions, link in post to a, another forum post, 
and this summary of TEAs was expedited by articles in the media doing much of the same work. The next step in the project, the next step in the project moves into forecasting. We intend to produce our own forecasts on cultured meat timelines, taking into account reference classes, the TEAs, expert outreach, and our own analysis. Sounds great. As this is both an important topic and a highly technical one where we do not have prior experience, we also plan to hire external experts to red team our analysis and check for relevant flaws post-publication. I believe red team means to be a very, take a very critical eye on it and pretend you are trying to debunk it or argue against it. Acknowledgements, Rethink Priorities. This is a project of Rethink Priorities, which was jointly written by Neil Dillahan and Neil and Lynch Zhang. Thanks to Peter Wilderford and Marcus A. Davis for helpful feedback. Thanks to everyone, everybody who responded to our emails and social media inquiries, including the TEA authors and relevant experts. If you like our work, please consider subscribing to our Rethink Priorities newsletter. You can see more of our work here, link in post. Tags, Cultured Meat, Animal Product Alternatives, Rethink Priorities, Economics, and as we, I think I said before, 144 upvotes. Uh, there's a few pingbacks at the bottom. Motivated reasoning, critique of effective altruism. Some thoughts on culture and meat feasibility. Analysis of EA funding within animal welfare from 2019 to 2021. And EA updates for October 2021. Uh, I'll just skim over the comments. Juan Garcia, I found this really interesting. He, he This is his comment. He says... I found this really interesting, and then he quotes Humbert, first models of tech TEA, where all the parameters are similar to Baker's yeast, comes out to 387 per kilogram of wet cell mass, as yeast production is already, for the constrained yeast process, as yeast production at scale is already a highly optimized process, and the additional nature of the constraints mentioned so far, and additional constraints mentioned so far are pretty close to the fundamental biological nature of animal cells, seems unlikely that we can do better than a lower bound of $3.87 per kilogram. Unfortunately, there are other constraints. Back to the comment, if you believe this analysis to be representative of reality, then it follows that cultured meat will never be able to reach parity with current chicken and pork meat prices. Together, these two make up over two-thirds of global meat production. He gives some links to our world in data, index mundi, etc. Um, response by Lynch. Yeah, and it's an even larger ratio from a moral perspective. If, at least if we are focused primarily on farmed animal welfare, says Lynch. It's an even larger ratio from a moral perspective. I don't know what is the ratio he's talking about here. Uh, or maybe the two-thirds of global meat production, chicken and pork, even more important in terms of welfare. Of course, he says, of course, just one, just replacing beef is more than enough for a solid business case. You can also try replacing high-end luxury foods, Kobe beef, caviar foie gras. We're saying, okay, well, we could be thinking about this protein replacing beef rather than chicken and pork. Where the lower bounds don't apply, and three, as you allude, chicken and pork meat prices may increase. One and two are just replacing beef, 
or high-end luxury foods are more relevant for justifying cultured meat use from a business perspective than from an altruistic perspective. Um, I guess, although you could argue that maybe people would choose cultured meat, beef instead of chicken in some cases. Uh, number three, chicken and pork meat prices may increase, is something I've seen many cultured meat proponents say. But of course, we can't rely on it, for starters. Chicken and pork meat prices might also decrease. That said, a moderate possibility that chicken and pork meat prices might increase ought to be sufficient to justify altruistic cultured meat and altruistic cultured meat investment, assuming we can get prices close to parity with conventional meat prices. So three is unlikely to be a crux. Three being chicken and pork prices increasing is unlikely to be a crux, crux within reasonable ranges. Juan Garcia's next response, then or next comment, then again, I do believe that you can culture simple cells for a lower cost. I estimated the cost of producing protein-rich single cells from methane at $1 to $2 dry per dry kilogram OSF, links to an OSF link, Open Science Foundation. However, these numbers are for a bacteria that feeds on gas. The yeast analogy is much closer to mammalian cultures. Lynch responds, oh, very cool. I know you slash all fed is focused on bacterial SCPs from the perspective of feeding Earth after disasters. But do you have a quick sense of why we can't have it during normal times? Like, what are the relevant bottlenecks against bacterial SCPs as a way to partially replace animal agriculture? Also, more broadly, do you do any Botex, don't know what that is, to look at the cost of yeast SCPs, I forget what that is, in comparison to bacterial SCPs? Just generally curious, if we actually expect bacterial SCPs to have cost savings over yeast, parentheses, waving away scientific problems, exclamation point. Juan Garcia replies, pretty much the only thing currently standing between us and bacterial SCP-based food, such as from methane or CA2, CO2, H2, is the lack of approval for use as a human food. Most, most or all of these companies have shown interest in the home, food market, home human food market, and a few of them are publicly pursuing it, such as solar foods. I expect they will be available over the next few years. As Humbert mentions in the TEA and other sources confirm, the production cost of baker's yeast is well known, $1.80 per dry kilogram. So no need to run any numbers for that. I'm fairly confident SCP from methane will be lower cost at scale, as I mentioned above, but not SCP from CO2. Methane SCPs will almost certainly be quite a bit cheaper than yeast in terms of cost per unit of protein. Fun fact, these protein-rich SCPs will be so much cheaper than cultured meats that SCP companies have been promoting their use as a raw material for cultured meat production. Uh, Lynch replied to that, uh, requoting as Humbert mentions the TEA, the production cost of baker yeast is well known, $1.80 per kilogram dry, so no need to run any numbers for that. Lynch says, I think there's two missing steps here. Uh, Okay, I'm not going to go into the details of why he thinks that that isn't necessarily a sufficient calculation, a sufficient number. Juan Garcia replies to that, uh, adds a couple things about corn's microprotein. Uh, this is getting into the weeds here, I think, even more. All right, for another post by David Mannheim. Minor note. A factor of four increase in cell density means that the percentage of bioreactor volume that is now cells would increase from 7.5% to 70%. 
very close to sphere packing density limits, is the quote. David Mannheim notes, sphere packing density limits shouldn't be relevant for cells which are not rigid. They can transform to squish each other, unlike in the sphere packing problem. Cool. The problem of getting nutrients distributed is a different issue, of course. Lynch responds, thanks for the comment. The too long didn't read is that getting nutrients distributed is a closely related issue of viscosity where sufficiently thickly packed cells will effectively have zero fluid flow about and thus the theoretical upper limit for cells infinite viscosity at approximately 0.65 is close to and slightly lower than sphere packing limits okay so there's a lot of discussion of whether the sphere packing limits matter or not citing the papers and other work stein responded uh, what is the density of muscle cells in muscle tissue? Why not use that as an estimate? Lynch responded, something I won't get into, I don't understand. Neil Dullaham, one of the authors, of course, for what it's worth, the Good Food Institute have produced a statement addressing techno-economic analyses and a preliminary review of the technical assumptions within the Humbert analyses. Stein's comment, I would expect that cultivated meat can reach price parity with animal-based meat based on first principles. Assume that all biological functions in an organism can be replaced with technologies, and these technologies can reach, can reach the same efficiency as a biological function that reached high efficiency due to evolution and natural selection. This is a realistic function, assumption, he says, because no laws of nature have to be violated, to grow muscle tissue, we need oxygenation, so we invent a technology, call it, quote, lungs. We need nutrients, amino acids, sugars, so we invent a technology called, quote, intestines to produce nutrients, e.g., from plant-based sources. If these new technologies are as efficient at doing what they have to do as their organic counterparts in animals, the production cost of cultivated meat and animal-based meat will be the same. However, using animals to produce muscle tissue is not maximally efficient because of two reasons. One. The animal wastes resources on necessary organs, tissues, and body parts, such as brains, eyes, ears, tails, feathers, pain receptors, reproductive organs, etc. Blah, blah, blah. Assume those use 10% of nutrients and energy, so the production unit can be 10% more efficient. I would suspect more than 10%, but what do I know? Number two, using an animal to harvest muscle cells, the many other body parts that are necessary for muscle growths, Need frequent replacements when the muscle cells are harvested. This is not efficient. Okay, I think I, we get the point there. So I suspect with sufficient research, it's almost a matter. It's only a matter of time when cell-based meat receives, receives price parity and perhaps drops to 50% the price of animal-based meat. Uh, okay, um, Lynch says, responds, I, I abbreviated that comment. I think it's a good start. I do have some internal notes on why I think this is the wrong way to do first principles reasoning reasons I plan to elaborate on later. Can speed up prioritized publication if you, other readers, think it's important? Stein says, please do. Neil Dullaham also responds, the perspective, thanks for sharing, the prescription is only a matter of time, has an effect on how to allocate EA resources, depending on how long that matter of time is, even with the additional resources going through it. So I'd be curious what time period you designed for this and how you came to think that. Even without having to construct brain size, ears, tails, feathers, Humbert thinks it will still be very expensive at the moment since creating the immune system is so hard to do, to create. Why do they need an immune system? Maybe they do, okay? So you need farmer-grade standards which are 
Ah, without an immune system, you need pharma-grade standards, which are expensive. So one can disagree with this assumption or think it won't be true. I see Delft too, but I'd like, but I'd be interested in clearer thinking as to one, why one thinks it's likely. I'm not sure why you assume the production unit for animal-based meat. The production unit for animal-based meat consumes 50% of its resources for its conduction, construction, parentheses, gross, growth. And Stein's final response um, concerning, quote, it is a matter of time. The only worry that I see is that it would take so long to develop cultivated meat that in the meantime we would have already abolished animal farming or decreased it, decreased it to such an extent that cultivated meat has little additional value because of e.g. plant-based and fermentation-based protein. But I consider that unlikely, lower than 10% likelihood. And, oh, and even if humans would all be plant-based vegans by then, we would still have the many carnivorous animals, parentheses, pets, etc., who may benefit from cultivated meat. Hence, I think speeding up cultivated meat R&D remains very effective. High risk, high impact, especially for animal welfare. It may be less effective for, e.g., climate change, because reductions of greenhouse gas emissions need to occur soon, parentheses, within 30 years. But cultivated meat offers a cheap carbon capture and storage method, reforestation of agricultural land that was used for livestock. And I think carbon capture is still worthwhile, even over 50 years. I would say 30 to 50 years for whole tissue cultivated meat to reach price parity with animal-based meat. But I have no clue whether I'm good at forecasting. About the 50% consumption of resources, that was just an assumption. Somewhere between 0 and 100%. Close to what I think is the proportion of edible tissue mass to whole body mass. A few closing comments. Um, I think I got something from this. I would have benefited more, perhaps, had I done a bit of reading in advance to understand what these terms are, to understand what the key factors mean and how they interrelate. Maybe there's a good explainer of this that was linked somewhere that I missed or that could be suggested. Uh, overall, I really do appreciate that they um, are planning to do a more quantitative and perhaps transparent technical analysis slash overview and bring in more technical experts into that, doing particular forecasts on cultured meat timelines. I would have liked to see here, maybe the format doesn't permit it well, a bit more of a clear overview of where the costs lie and how malleable they are. And I'm sort of thinking of something like when I use one of those tools that it's, uh, what is the word for it? it there's, there's a word for that box diagram. Um, we used it in some of the EA forum, uh, the EA survey posts, where it has little boxes representing the magnitudes of everything. And perhaps you can see, and it adds up to the total box size. And um, I think it's called a mosaic plot. No, it was not the mosaic plot. It was the other one. Um, you see that sometimes when you ask the computer to give you a picture of what's taking up all the space on your computer. So plots like that, overviews of where, where the costs lie, um, let you play with it, see how the overall cost expands or contracts as you play with each of the parameters, basically allowing us to better see the, quote, forest. There were a lot of trees here, but maybe your mileage may vary if you have more experience in this area and more knowledge of the biology. I just want to close by saying that one place 
where the calculus of spear packing densities definitely is relevant, can be. Found in the Struce.